Welcome to the Sounder Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner. In here with me is uh, Patrick Appling from the Army Buck Hunters and Army Hog Hunters. How are you doing today, Patrick? Oh, doing good, Charlie. Doing really good. So, last month, okay, just in the tournament, you're part of the Army Hog Hunters tournament. Um, you go by hogging. I do. Uh, last month, you submitted eight pigs, which got you third place. Third place. Uh, you won scent blaster and camo dust. Uh, what was, what worked for you last month? What would you do better? Ooh, <laughs> get better in shape, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could all do that. Yeah. Oh no, I dropped four hogs under that, uh, yeah, under my stand and everything. And then I got a friend of mine that hunts with dogs and wanted to go out. So I think we dropped, uh, nine or 10 that night. But by the time we had one, on the ground, they was banging up another one. So uh, I got to submit four more, which got me up to eight. Yeah, hunting with dogs is that's a different uh, ball game for me. I'm, you know, Travis with BCBH, he does it quite a bit. He works here at the shop, and uh, you start hunting South Texas in that thick brush. That's a <laughs> you get tore up. You know, like I said, my I, I ended up buying more pants than I could afford if I did what they do. Yeah, my wife had to sew up six holes in my Cryptek pants I just got for Christmas, so Ooh. she wasn't too happy with it. So jumping in fences and that South Texas brush, tearing my arms up, man, it was it was a little rough country, but man, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we we're talking downstairs a minute ago. Uh, you got yourself a new thermal. I did. What kind did you get? I got the Acufire and Cindus. Oh, it's 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 awesome. It's so awesome. The guy that just won uh, True Hog Hunters this past month, a good friend of mine. He's hunting out of uh, El Campo. Does a lot of a lot of thermal hunting, and uh, he put up twenty seven the month of January. And a lot of guys I know that are putting up numbers like that are hunting with thermal. So I think you made a wise investment <laughs> when it comes to the tournament. But, uh, I've been I've been going out with with uh, Acufire. I got a, a night vision scope, but here lately, when I say I've been going out, I didn't hunt at all in the month of uh, January. January was a busy month. We had, me and my wife had vacation, kids got sick, stuff like that. So I've been kind of sitting in the corner watching everybody else turn in pigs. But <laughs> I'm going to get my trap set this month. Uh, hopefully February uh, does me right. But I don't know. We got, you know, Travis with BCBH is already up by four, and he plans on going out. I know Ethan's going to go out probably the next three nights. Mm -hmm. Uh I haven't talked to, to, to Trevor uh, Triska. He's down south. Uh, I know he was planning on turning up the heat a little bit. He wasn't too happy taking third in this past month. But uh, I know the, the competition's getting a little bit more fierce. Yeah. You know, deer season's over with, too. A lot of guys are focusing more on hog hunting than they were uh, in the past. You know, the last what, October through December, everybody's pretty much deer hunting, uh, at least down here in the south. But. Hogs are definitely still moving. People still got their feeders going. Uh, they're coming in pretty hot. We still got cool weather helping us out. Do you notice a change where you're hunting in the amount of pigs you have in the colder months to the warmer months? Yeah, it's, they seem like they go in a rotation. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a cold front come in. I took a picture of 52 pigs out in the, uh, well, in the back 700 acres behind me. I just got access to to go hunt. And, uh, you know, the wit next week it was warm, so all they do is go out of the area, you know, find water or whatever. And then now another cold front came in, and guess what? We just caught them on cams coming back through. It's kind of like a big circle they make. You hunting around uh, farmland? I am. I got a uh, cattle farm right behind me, a ranch, and then um, I hunt a little hundred acres that has no cattle on, kind of brush country. And then on the backside of it, it's another five hundred acres I just got access to. Also, they just doing cattle. They're not actually planting any crop. Just cattle in those areas, and then on the backside of it is wheat field and a, um, a clover field back here, I think. Yeah, because I know, like, back to, to Trevor hunting down south, a lot of their problem is coming from uh, they do a lot of feed for their cattle, mm -hmm. and after they feed, they'll have pigs come in and hit the same troughs yep. and just steal food from, from all the cattle. But at my place, we don't uh, uh, farm it anymore. My grandpa farmed for years. Uh, everything from corn, milo, alfalfa, stuff like that. But across the road from me is a pretty good-sized field. Uh, they did they did milo this past uh, this past year. Big crop of milo. 
with all the rain we had, they had a really successful crop. And the whole time that Milo was out, I didn't have a single pig on game camp. Oh, hey. oh. The moment they went out and they uh, they harvested, and then they uh, they cut and they bailed it, like within that same week, we started getting pigs again hmm. and hard. I mean, we have I got two different sounders right now coming in, uh, several uh, boars coming in and out by themselves. Good sized pigs, you know, two hundred plus pound boars. But uh, a lot of times, what we see is uh, summer months tend to be better for us just because we're right on that river bottom. Yeah. You know, every, everything in that whole area just kind of comes down there. You can uh, kayak that river in the heat of the day, and I, I, I guarantee you'll see a minimum 20 pigs. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's a different ball game down there with the shade and the water, and they always have food somewhere in that area. But Yeah, one thing, well, I got on, on the down side of uh, Wilson County right on out of Scotia, man. I mean, summertime – Hunt ponds, riverbeds. We have a great, I mean, it's 20 feet drop on a riverbank right there. And you'll see hogs running up down through it, you know, laying in the water and everything else, you know, rooting around in there. And then, you know, midday they're around them ponds. Then at night, you know, they're out in them fields. Mm-hmm. And this make that big circle come right back through. Yeah, that's what, you know, hunting, now that we have night vision thermal, stuff like that, it's pretty neat to be able to go out and see them. Right in the, like, we just shredded our place. So now that we got, you know, it's pretty much ground level, I could see several hundred yards uh it's neat to be able to go out there at night and catch them when they're slipping yeah because during the day we never seem during the day like that they're always tucked up in the brush uh if you don't have thermal and you don't have night vision you're kind of missing out because you can really up your game especially in the tournament by having it uh if you just want to see what hogs are doing and try to game play that thermal that thermal is perfect for it you can see how they go where they go so we even know the bedding area now, where they're on the back side of our property that I don't have access to yet, um, where they're laying down, you know, where they're bedding up there in the day and stuff. So. That's one thing. I, in our place is kind of small. I'm hunting. Uh, it's 186 acres, uh, and a lot of it is uh, open pasture. I mean, just for cattle grazing. All of our brush is along the river bottom, and I mean, you can walk that place in half an hour uh, from the start of our property upriver, and uh, the, I know any given day, for the most part, they're not bedding down on our property. I think they're bedding down upriver from us, and they're traveling in, um, but we do have a dry creek that occasionally holds water after rain, and you can pretty much bet when there's water in that, that creek that they're going to be somewhere around that area. Yeah. Uh, we've caught them slipping on warm days, just walking through the brush, and all of a sudden, you know, the trees come alive, and they just take off. I mean, it sounds like an elephant crashing through the brush but you know then again I hunting the warmer months too you know we've always you know like back to Travis and all them they're, they're chasing them with dogs and I've always been real leery about doing that in the summer with snakes man I'm well in the summertime I mean you gotta think 21 years I was in the army man the dog handler the whole time mostly and here in south Texas at 100 degrees you got a dog running you know full bore after hogs you know, they can overheat very easily in the summertime. Oh, yeah, they don't quit even, even at nighttime. I mean, yeah, they don't quit. I mean, it's you, just know, you start adding uh, a cut collar, cut vest. Yeah. It even, it, I mean, it's it's hard on them. You know, it's even with water. You know, we've had dogs overheat, taking breaks. I mean, they just go, 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 go. Uh, and that's kind of depending on the breed, too. I've seen a lot more pit bulls, you know, heavier muscle dogs. Yeah. They burn out a lot faster oh, than, yeah. you know, some of your, like, red lacy Catahoula leopards that are just they're meant to run a little faster, but a little longer at least. But uh, you going to keep your feeders going all year round, or uh, our main feeder? Yeah, we're going to keep it going year round. Um, the one I have down in the thicket, I've moved it to uh, just twice a day, just to throw you know throw some little corn out there. We talked to all season feeders the other day and got them list. We're going to start protein feeding, and um, I got a really good outfitter buddy down in Pearsall. He's talked me into doing some cotton seed, so we're going to throw some cotton seed out there also to try to grow our deer population. You uh, you had a successful deer season. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I had a real good one. My boy got his first buck down here in South Texas, and I made the typical dad mistake. You know, a couple of years ago, I let him take a monster caribou up in up in Alaska. <laughs> He's like, Dad, they're just you know they're a whole lot smaller. And I had to explain to him, you know, you're not hunting big wild game in Alaska. You're hunting South Texas. And then as soon as he, I mean, this is the first time, and I'm so proud of him, Charlie. Fourteen years old, my man child, six foot one. You know, he um, he hunted. But I'm I'm on. I had to take a work trip out of state, 
And my wife calls me, hey, we're going to let him hunt by himself. Okay. So he climbed up in my 20-foot stand by himself with my AR-10, showed him a picture of the buck we were wanting to go after. And sure enough, man, he dropped it. He dropped it with a, uh, one of the true ballistic, ballistic tip uh, 308 round, and it dropped him right there next to the feeder. Didn't he have to go look for it, blood trail or nothing. Perfect good shot. Took out heart and lungs and everything. Did you clean it too? Uh, I think he gutted it. My wife, yeah. yeah my, see, uh, we have a deal, man. My wife dropped something. I make her do it. So my son dropped it. Guess what? She made him do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. It, it's good to get him started young. Y'all actually, am I correct? Did y'all live in Alaska for a while? We did. Uh, my last seven years in the military was in Alaska. Wow. So you do a lot of hunting up there? Oh, every time I got a chance. Every time. That's a. That's a. I've never been, but I mean. It, what is okay? So I know there's, obviously there's there's a huge difference in the terrain, uh, the climate from Alaska to Texas. Would you say that there's any similarities? Ooh. Yes and no. Um, preparedness. So you know, here in South Texas, you're you basically got self reception everywhere, but you still have overheat and in the summertime when you're hunting hogs or whatever you still have you know stuff that that you need to bring with you mm-hmm. one thing i learned up in alaska is be prepared you know i went out on with uh in the winter time my first winter hunt and i wasn't prepared and i almost froze and uh you know that taught me and i come down here to south texas like right well, you know first summer here i'm sitting in a blind with my wife it's 110 degrees outside 120 130 inside that blind i'm sweating like crazy i'm taking clothes off you know didn't bring enough water and I made myself sick, you know. Yeah, you did a 180. Yeah. And then as far as climate-wise, you got to think, I mean, everybody thinks it's, you know, freezing cold up there year-round, but it's not. And Fairbanks, Alaska, in the summertime, it can get three or four days of 100-degree weather, but it's dry, hardly any humidity. Um, as far as the thickets that you have down here, everything pokes you and sticks you and everything else. Same thing in Alaska. You got willows that, as long as the moose hasn't cleared out a path, you know, you still have thickets and stuff. Everything pokes you. And one similarity that's same throughout is the daggum mosquitoes. Yeah, I've heard it's, that. It's everywhere up there, and they're bad down here, too. Yeah, I've heard Alaskan mosquitoes are, are a different breed. Well, okay, so you're an Army veteran. How many years did you serve in the military? 21 years. 21. What did you – okay, so you retired. I retired, yes. What did you retire as? Uh, I saw first class, E7. Did you spend your time overseas? I did. A few times. <laughs> so, okay, um, going back to your, your military, as a hunter, how many, like, as a hunter, how much did the military kind of teach you about, like, what transition from military to hog hunting? Ooh. Mm. What transition from military to hog hunting? Um... Or like okay, so uh, that, that's kind <laughs> of a, my mind's going a yeah, hundred different that, that's ways. A, that's one, a, a broad, yeah. Um, just as far as like, um, okay, we talked about being prepared. Uh, you know, do you have? Do you think that being um, with your experience in the military that you came into hunting hog, especially hog hunting, uh, a little bit more prepared than someone who wouldn't? As far as training wise goes, I mean, especially. When I first started my career out in the military, yeah, you learn some basic stuff, especially with the group and people and the unit I was with, um, how to walk at night, how to look at night, how to see certain things, how to listen for certain things, how to move quietly, you know, without making much noise. Um, does that play in and over? Yeah, of course it does. You know, these hogs are smart. They're smarter than the dogs half the time. And, you know, use the wind to your advantage. You make noise, how to move, you know, how to look for certain things, how to how to watch trails and which way their direction and leading. You know, I learned all that my first, when I first started out in the military. Um, one huge thing that plays into my favor is scent control. You know, yeah, I worked with dogs half my military career, and now I do it for another federal agency, learning how to contain my odor and how odor travels, how the odor pulls in a certain area. You know, these hogs can pick you up, you know, three, 400 yards away. Oh, yeah. And they can smell you, especially if the wind is not in your favor. You know, it's like a scent cone, man. If it's blowing, this is blowing all over God's green acre out there. Dogs or hogs going to be able to pick it up. Um, 
and learning, you know, training dogs to find narcotics and explosives kind of plays into that thinking, you know, especially with deer hunting too. I mean, how do I want to set myself up? What can I do to control my odor, my scent? You know, even though we use any kind of uh, cover scent or whatever there is, you still have amount of certain human odor on you that, that they can pick up. Yeah, you can't get rid of it all. No. no, I had a few years back, really, really big boar came out. Wind was in my favor, and I'm in, I'm in a tower blind. I'm about, I'm about 16 foot off the ground, and uh, little window. Everything was perfect. He came out, and he was about 50 yards from the feeder. He was to the left of the feeder. And which for me, where, I, where he was at compared to where I was, about, he's about 180 yards off. Uh, so I wanted him to come a little bit closer. And he gets, and he's looking at that feeder. He, he never looks at the blind, but he's looking at the feeder. He sticks his nose up in the air. And for, for no reason, I, I, I don't know if he smelled me somehow. Or I don't know what he got a scent of, but he turned around, went back in the brush. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there, there's a big old pile of corn underneath that feeder, man. I mean, he, he – but for some reason, I and like I said, he, he smelled something. And he was uh, – he hightailed it out of there. But that's probably their, their best defense, I think, is, is their nose. You it know, is. anybody that hunts hard, they don't see very well. Um, I mean, you, you can get – you can get really close to them as long as the wind's in your favor and they don't hear you. Yeah. So think about this, Charlie. We here in South Texas, a lot of hunters, and I call it, we habituate the animals. Okay, we hunt under feeders and everything yes. else, so they know what time and stuff going in. So if you change one variable, so you're throwing out corn at eight o'clock every day. All right, and corn scattered everywhere. You come in at seven thirty, you dump a whole bag of corn underneath your feeder. You have now changed that variable, that scent picture, to a greater quantity. Oh, so yeah. when that animal comes in, he goes, oh, wait a minute, this ain't the same thing that I smelled yesterday and the day before. It's a whole lot more. What changed? What's going on? So now it's an, a, a, a new a new thing to them. So they're going to be hesitant, and they're going to come around and check it, you know, not come into the shooting lane maybe, but just check it out before they come all the way. I'll be full committed to coming in. I've had pigs that I've watched. And the most recent one was uh, I was hunting real early in the morning. I had my night vision, and uh, – I just so happened to, to check, and I watched him. He came from my right. He walked right past the feeder. I had corn on the ground. And for some reason, he just kept on going, mm-hmm. went right down the river. I don't know. He was maybe chasing a sow. Maybe he smelled her. You know, I know that, that you know, other animals within the area could have been some coyote. I know, well, that being said, too, I know there was a coyote close by um, because sun came up. I had to get to work. It was on a Saturday. Uh, Dell makes you work on a Saturday? Oh yeah. Oh man. Hey, dude, we're in an ammo <laughs> shortage. You know, we got we work whenever we can. Uh, but in the, I walked uh, to the feeder and uh, just kind of checked my the amount of corn that was in there, and you could sit up on the bank, look down towards the river. And so I walked up, brought the same trail that that pig took walking walking down to the river, and I sat there. Just kind of looking at the water, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the move, and there was a coyote sitting about 10 yards from me. And uh, I still had my night vision on, but 10 yards, I I can't really tell, so I pulled my sidearm. He ends up dipping down and and tucking out, but, I mean, I don't know if maybe with the other animals being in the the area, those pigs don't – I know that obviously a a coyote is a predator. Now to a big boar, unless there's a whole bunch of them, I, I don't see them ever really mixing. Uh, if it was a a sow with with some piglets, I could understand. But I mean, I, like going back to to different scents in the area, things changing. They don't like it. I know they don't like yeah. it. Um, I don't even like to when I pull up to the feeder, leave my truck running. No, I turn mine off. Too. Yeah, I I I've always been. I turn on because I, I, I I got an old truck. It drips a lot, you know. So I don't like any of that stuff to be, you know, remotely on the ground or my exhaust going because uh, we can never relate but a nose to an animal like a dog or a pig or a deer is their communication yeah. you've seen it in, in i mean the way deer communicate through rubs and yep. scrapes you know they got that gland on their forehead you see it with pigs when they rub up on like a creosote post you know other boars come in they, they smell on that post they know who's in the area that's how they communicate by scent uh, pretty interesting. You, you ever watched a, a a buck and the way he rubs his forehead on on a rub like a, a small branch or a vine, and uh, 
you set your game camera up right there and you'll have every deer pretty much within that area come and check it out does uh young bucks mature bucks you'll have everything come in they'll pee on that same spot i mean it's kind of like uh like i said it's almost like just their way of saying hey i'm here i'm in the area and uh kind of moving on from there but yeah, we've we, been going yeah we try every time we fill the feeders man i so i got bad feeding away blame it for 20 years in the military so i go out wear my crocs as soon as i get step out of the truck i put my boots on they haven't been around my dogs at the house haven't been in the house or nothing else they've been outside the whole time in my hunting bag or whatever so that's one cent you know i know that variable hasn't changed um when we get down there granted the truck's turned off and if I see, like, you know, hog scat in between our feeders or whatever, because I usually walk the trail in between our feeders, and I'm, I'll, I'll step in that scat so now they're on my shoes and everything. Yeah. So now, now it's even more cover scent, so to say. Um, but, yeah, man, you ain't fooling. Like, we we do habituate animals here in South Texas with the feeders and stuff. But with that one variable, you know, I'm up in – I'm, I'm I chew all the time with the, my dip and stuff. And, you know, I'm up in the stand – you know, and I make sure when I'm out there, guess what? I'm going to have a dip in. Oh, yeah. And the animals get habituated. At. I kid you not, man. They'll be coming up smelling that sweet smell or whatever. But yet, the one day I'm not, I kid you not, man, there was a buck that came into my feeder. And I just didn't happen to have any in. And I see him smelling around. Goes right to where I used to spit on the ground and then just walked away. You know, and then next day I come in and I'm spitting right there in my little spot. But guess what? He, he, he laid down 20 feet from it. Really? Yeah. So you change that one variable, man. You get, so that's the thing, man. One thing with hunting, you don't want to change any variables. Keep your same routine. I had a uh, a guy I know, and, and he always had a work shirt on, you know, little FR. And he would always take one off that after he'd, you know, go out there and clean brush or whatever, something that his scent was on, mm-hmm. whether he was going at work or, or cutting brush or whatever. He got you know, he, basically something he'd sweat in, yeah. and he'd throw it in his deer blind. Yep. He yep. always, he always yep. kept a work shirt in his deer blind. He goes that way. Any given day, it's always there. I can get off of work. If I'm in a hurry, I can go out there and nothing changes as far as my scent. And uh, that stuff works, man. I've, you know, everybody has their own way, their own tactics. But uh, when it comes to scent, I, I, th- I think that's probably, especially in the hog hunting and, of course, in deer hunting world, your number one enemy is, is going to be your, your your smell. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the difference on are you going to kill – that monster buck or are you going to have those pigs come in? Yeah. Um, you could, you could throw out all the feed in the, in the world. If they're not, uh, if they don't feel safe, they don't feel comfortable doing it. They won't do it. I mean, I've seen, uh, uh, and there's no like evidence behind it, but I swear, uh, the one thing that's, that's really hurt me the most hunting here recently are the squirrels. <laughs> uh, Coons for me, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the squirrels are ratting me out. I mean, it, it's like if they're there, if I have squirrels on my feeder, I never see a deer. Oh, man. Uh, I'll see a, a, a pig from time to time. Got something like blew up over there. But, uh, no, if, if I got squirrels there, though, I'll never see a deer. They'll, they'll sit there. And, I, and we're hunting river bottom. We got pecan trees everywhere, so they're there quite a bit. Mm. But they'll start barking. Yeah. And I, and I swear they're communicating with the deer. Yeah. I know that early season, you know, we had – Gosh, man, we'll have 14 does at our feeder and bucks coming through, coming through. And as the season progresses, granted, you know, they're pre- pressured and they're more wiry. You know, they, they know what's going on. You know, armadillos, they'll yeah. sit there and run up and down that fence line, you know, getting grubs or whatever. The deer hear it, take off, spooked. You know, and then I have coons come in. I swear I'm feeding the coons, man. They're 30 pounds a piece. Oh, yeah. You know, Big my, old coon. Yeah, my dad would have a field day with them, man. And, yeah, and, and if I have a pack of them underneath the feeder, that deer's going to stand out. Just stand away and wait for them to get done. You want to do some coon hunting, man? I got plenty of them in my place. Plenty. Like <laughs> I got probably like I said, ten, fifteen that come in every night. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're <laughs> huge. I I need to get in, I need to learn how to tan hides. I mean, because I could probably make some really beautiful coon hides. Oh man. We got. Some, I mean, of course, like this time of year too, their coat's pretty good. January through February. Yeah, yeah. I, but, uh, I just can't tell my wife when I drop them. So. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, we always laugh. My wife shot her first pig this year. And uh, he's a nasty old boar, comes out, and uh, about 30-yard shot, just a really easy, you know, gimme. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, he shoots him with 243, and he he drops where he's at, and, you know, they, they start kicking and stuff. You know, she was uh, 
about in tears, man. <laughs> she, oh, man. Yeah, she she never uh, – I mean, she killed a deer when she was younger, but I mean, she's got a soft spot for animals. And I had to show her, hey, you know, that bullet went through the ear and it came out, you know, it came out as a right eye. Yeah. I was like, he was he was yeah. dead the moment that bullet touched him, which is nerves. But, yeah, she – from then on, she told me, she was I'm not shooting another pig. <laughs> uh, that's you. She'll shoot a deer, you know. I guess there's just – you know, everybody has their their ant. Like I don't shoot a whole lot of bobcats. Okay. Uh, I just I guess I just don't eat them. Yeah. So it's not something I really. Of course, I I say that I I shoot coyotes. And I don't eat coyotes. <laughs> but uh, just never really gone after them a whole lot. Everything's uh, good in a crock pot, man. Yeah, yeah. They they say a uh, mountain lion some of the best to eat. Yeah, it is. It is. You had it. Yeah, I've had mountain lion steak. Damn. I've eaten just about everything. The only thing I kind of turn my nose up at is ostrich. I yeah. I've had emu. Yeah, I've had emu. Emu wasn't bad. I've had javelina. Javelina's yeah. pretty good. Tacina, uh, when I was stationed here 10 years ago, man, shot a javelina, Webb County, down south, uh, about 10 yards with a bow. Whole pack of them came out, started chomping his teeth. Oh, and one stopped, a big old, I guess it was the boar, and turned right at us. And me and a buddy of mine pulled our rifles up just getting ready, and she, we saw her draw back. She stuck it and just you know, went over and expired. So we got it hanging on the wall right now, man. Those are some of the... The neatest little creatures out here, I think. You know, they're they're very mean though. Oh. Travis, back with their dogs, they've had some run-ins with them. They've actually hunted on the King Ranch, mm-hmm. and I mean they're they'll tear a dog up, man. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, they're just a different. They got a different kind of attitude on them. I, I'd rather deal with a big old boy any day over a, a small <laughs> javelina. I saw them them teeth, you know, when I was skinning and everything. I mean they're sharp as could be, you know. And Tashina's a big old boar hog. I mean he had. Four and a half, almost five inch cutters, and looking at javelina, just the, the difference of them. Uh, and they razor sharp. Yeah, razor sharp. Yeah, they start chomping them teeth, and yeah, we we've been as kids, we'd go down on the creek bottoms, my cousin's place, and we we shot everything: birds, yeah. squirrels, rabbits. And we'd come up on them every now and then. You start hearing that, we would climb up in the trees, yeah. let let's let them pass on through. Once they moved on, we'd move on too. But and them boys I was hunting with the other night, man, with them dogs, they say that, you know, they got put up in a tree for hours. Yeah. And they'll just be circling. Especially waiting. if you kill one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They he, come out in droves, man. There's everywhere. Yeah. They, they, they don't, uh, they'll come out. They're kind of like, a, you ever seen those hunting videos like the the Cape Buffalo? Yeah. And <laughs> it's like the whole herd will come out and protect that one buffalo. That's that's a lot how javelinas are. I want to get on another one, though. I That was one... You know, I've eaten javelina, but I haven't eaten one that me or my family has killed. Yeah. You know, I've harvested. Um, you know, one experience when I was skinning it, you know, that scent gland on the back. Yeah, you, know, you got to watch that. You know, for some of us that's been downrange, it kind of brings up memories and, and sayings of, of downrange stuff. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And, you know, the outfitter I was with was really good. You know, he, he helped me out because it's my first time skinning that kind of animal. Mm-hmm. You know, cut around that scent gland, don't cut into it and all that stuff. And then. You know, I think we put some of the ribs on, on a little spigot we had there, and it was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, back to you could do anything in a crock pot. I mean, I've had a raccoon. Yeah. Raccoons are really good. could be a little greasy, but, it, it you know, I've had. Eat the pink ones. Stay away from the green, uh, gray ones. The gray okay. meat. Yeah. I didn't know that. Gray meat. Gray meat. Make that stuff into dog food, man. Okay. <laughs> oh. So we, I've always told my wife, I was like, hey, t- times get hard. We got more raccoons that we know what to do with. So I, I got some 30-pounders, man. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I ain't got a crock pot big enough for them. They've been eating good. They get all that corn. And, yeah. you know, we always put out – I'm not feeding any protein yet. I got mineral blocks uh, that I throw out from time mm-hmm. to time. But it's interesting. I've been feeding mineral blocks now a couple years. And uh, seen, I've seen a big increase on – I guess, well, for one, we're managing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just me, my neighbors. Everybody's kind of on the same page, yeah. managing our deer. We're not shooting young ones. We're letting stuff grow. But here in the past uh, five years, we'll say five years, uh, we've seen a, just a, a lot more mature bucks, a lot of bucks that are, I mean, they're, I think the biggest one I saw this year, he was probably maybe pushing 150. All right. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's not by any stretch of the means our oldest buck yet. Yeah. So, um, when I say he's pushing 150, he's, he's in the 140s. He's not 150 yet, but he's, he's going to be there as long as, uh, he continues to grow as long as, you know, main thing down here in the South that we have to fight so much is the drought. Yeah. Once you start, you get a heavy drought, man, and, and that'll, that'll hurt deer more than anything. Mm. Uh, 
we had one, oh, I'd say 10 years ago that really, I think, devastated the, the quality of deer that we had. Mm. But we know now that we had that 13-inch roll, that's been in effect for probably 15 years or so in this county. I say, yeah, 13-inch. That's that 13-inch roll. And uh, we're starting to see, you know, people are passing up those two, three-year-old little yeah. eight points, and, and we're starting to see four- or five-year-old bucks. That You know, this is the first year we had multiple 10-pointers hanging around. Okay. And that's been a, a been very happy to see that. We're not fighting hogs near as bad as we have before. I think that's helping us out. There's a lot of people, I, th- I think, are kind of understanding that if you want to have, you got to kind of balance out that, that population. For so long, we were so overrun with pigs. They're competing with deer and everything. You they know? run, they'll run them uh, deer out of the area, man. Yeah, so what everybody's been doing is going out, you know, it's become like a hobby, you know, especially when we were in high school. Every chance, every chance we got, we'd be running dogs, going out hunting. And that's just become something that the people around this area, a lot of the, uh, the landowners and the hunters are doing, is they're going out and they're killing pigs every chance they get. Yeah. And uh, we're still nowhere where we need to be mm-hmm. as far as, you know, balancing them out. But, but we're getting somewhere. Uh, but they're getting smarter. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It, it's like it, you could have – all the thermal, you could have everything, the traps, you know, you start shooting them, you start trapping them. The ones that get away are learning. Oh, yeah. And it's they like know. it's like a, a, a trait that they're passing down, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's very interesting. You know, we used to go out as kids, you know, and uh, we'd shoot them with 22 mags. And it was it didn't seem like we had to put in as much of an effort mm-hmm. as we're doing now. Yeah. You know, now, now we're going out, like you said, we're spending – hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars on your equipment, you know, the time that we're taking, I mean, it, it's, it's a different ball game. It is. In my, I'm, yeah. I'm 27 years old. And from the time I started hunting, you know, I started hunting, I learned how to hunt in this County. Uh, from then to now it's, it's, it's just changed. Mm-hmm. And. Well, animals learn, man. They, we call it that one trial learning, man. You, you shooting a, gr- a group or a herd of hogs. You know, they know what that sound is. Oh, yeah. They know what it is. They know they remember that smell, that loud impact, man. So it's imprinted on their brain, man. They they know that. Yeah, and it, it's been said we we've been trapping probably I think the biggest uh or the most pigs we trapped at one point was nine. But, you know, then people started realizing, you know, they started building these traps to where you could look at them through your phone. Yep. You get pictures and stuff. Had a couple friends, they they got one. And they were getting like 25 to 30 pigs every time. Because, I mean, it's telling you when to drop yep. the door. Yeah. And uh, they started doing that. Well, here in the past two years, they can't get I – mean, those pigs will go on the, on the perimeter, but they uh-huh. won't go in that thing, man, because right. they're the ones sitting on the outside watching yep. their buddies get caught. And uh, like I said, it's been two years. Two years, and they already learned not to go in there. Yep. So with, with – uh, they just came out like a poison. There's a there's a poison that's kind of getting popular. It's called Hog Gone, and uh, it's supposed to be the latest and greatest thing. It's a it's a got a form of sodium nitrate that's supposed to be. Uh, I guess the hogs can't digest it, yeah. so they basically go off, they go to sleep, and they die. But the way they're putting it out has to be in this special feeder, I guess that only a hog can get to. Yeah. I'm curious to see if if more people start doing it, how fast those hogs if if they learn. Yeah. To uh, stay away from it. I mean, they've done it with everything else. I mean, everything has an odor, man. So yeah. if they start picking that up and be like, eh, we're dying from this or feeling sick or something like that, they're not going to go back to it. Yeah. So, But we need to do something because, you know, right now, you know, we got in-law, my in-laws are in Kansas. They're starting to see them going up in Kansas. We got friends in Tennessee. They're, they're in Tennessee. Yeah. Southern Kentucky, where I'm originally born and raised. They're in Western Kentucky and in the Appalachians over in the Eastern. So they're, you know, they're moving up, they're moving up through, they're, man. You know, they're, they're so tough and they're, and they adapt to oh, yeah. everything. You know, it's not like, you know, a deer, you know, yeah, they, I mean, deer are very prone to disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, very prone. And they're just a lot more fragile. Oh, yeah. I mean, they anything uh, out of the normal one and it could wipe a deer herd out. Pigs, man, it's, it's like they live with. 10, 15 diseases, and, oh, yeah. you know, they just keep on trucking. As long as they got food and water. Oh, yeah. you know, I've seen pigs, uh, I mean, we've killed them, pulled bullets out of them, mm-hmm. you know, from previous hunts. Somebody oh, yeah. shot it, and they 
they got that big old fat shield on them, and if you hit them right square in there, that fat soaks up behind that wound. Yeah. They won't bleed out. I guess uh, Tashina's big boar she killed, man. We tracked that joker uh, about a mile. Shot him right through the shield. When I'm skinning it, man, that shield had to be four inches thick. Yeah. That thing was, I mean, I had it went through two or three knives sharpening. It went through the shield, and I guess, you know, that impact kind of slowed the bullet down. I mean, it still hit the vitals, but it came out. It didn't hit the belly or, or, you know, the guts, but it came right out the bottom. Yeah. And he still went a mile and a half into the woods. We're sitting there tracking him, looking for him. I sitting there kicked, I found, well, Tashina found him, and I kicked him with my boot, and he popped up after, you know, about a two hours of being shot. And it was a good shot. I mean, it, it took out vitals, man, and he just didn't expire. Yeah, I, we've um, had to shoot him in the back of the head, man, with a 10 mil. My dad dropped him one time with 30-odd six. I mean, leveled him. And uh, we called it good We went because we, we were walking on our old lease. Shot him. He dropped. We went to go get the truck, come back. We drive up, and he's standing up. Mm-hmm. So my dad puts another one in him. Same thing. He drops. We walk up to him, and he's still breathing. Yeah. So then my dad's like, hey, you know, we had I, we were kids. We had 22s. He goes, I'll finish them off. But, I mean, we've had uh, – I've seen them get shot square in the forehead with a 270 <laughs> and that bullet ricochet off their skull. I told you about mine, right, that big I shot, old pale face. He was right underneath the feeder, man. I shot it. had him 30 yards, man, square between the eyes. I shot him, and it hit him right in the forehead, and it traveled around yeah. and, and came out on the side. Because he was just—I mean—that head was so tough, man. Yeah, I said we—we—I've seen the dust fly off him. We shot one uh, years. I was in high school. My brother hit him with a spotlight, and I just saw black in the scope, and I aimed for what I thought was the head. Turned out to be his ass. Mm-hmm. So he does a—you know—he spins around, and then he starts running towards us, and so we turn off the light. We scoot over about thirty yards, find him again, and uh, I hit him again. This is a three oh eight. Hit him again. And uh, my brother, he had his, his uh, AR with him, so he starts popping off some rounds. I think, you know, I, I hit him three times, and I don't know how many times my brother hit him. But, I mean, he just he finally started to slow down, and we were able to finish him off the pistol. But it's not like a deer, man. No. I mean, they're, they're a completely different they're, animal. They're tough, We've man. killed they're them tough. with uh, missing limbs. Uh, I've seen them get hit by cars. Mm-hmm. And get, get right up. back up. Yeah. There was a car. Uh, I was on uh, – Highway 81, one time coming back home, and uh, little car smacked a big old board, man. I mean, just total the car, airbags deployed. They pulled over, and that pig, I watched him, he rolled over, he hit the ditch, and he goes right underneath the fence and just keeps on going. He probably died later on, but, I mean, holy cow, man. He totally, it was like a Toyota Corolla. (laughs) I mean, just, it was done. We see these pigs fight all the time, man. We we had a cola deer. And I try to teach my son, you know, you got a, a 10.2-year-old, and you say you got a 8.5-year-old. You want to take that 8-point. Yeah. Because right? I'm older buck's going to whoop that little buck, you know, that yeah. younger buck. And sure enough, it happened out there in our place. And I don't know if a hog got to him. He's probably there in the rut at the end of it. It looked like when I – he was skin and bones, man. He was going to die. Yeah. And so we went ahead and took him out, you know, took him out and everything. And me being a hunter – even with pigs or anything, I try to harvest. You know, yeah. I try to eat what I kill. That's just me. And uh, we strung that deer up, gutted him and everything. The blood wasn't clotting. And the infectious smell, which is a very pungent smell, I killed a black bear up in Alaska. And it was my first time ever experiencing something like that. So it was a distinct smell that I remember. And um, so we cut him open and everything. It looked like, some, looked like Mike Tyson went, you know, training day on his on his hams. Just deep blood and everything. He had a broken leg. You know, looking at him, he looked like he was gored a little bit. So I don't know if an antler or a pig, something, you know, something got a hold of him. But, you know, all these outfitters, I mean, they tell me pigs will last. Deer, you know, you can just change their environment. One That one yeah. variable we talk about, change that one, change the environment, man, they may not last. They may not like it, you know, get sick, whatever. Yeah, we've, uh, we've experienced that before. This year was probably the most active rut as far as deer goes that we've had in, in – in present years and or past years and uh a lot of a lot of broken times man oh, yeah. so a lot of nice bucks that you know before the season started you know they're they're really easy to to track when it's uh uh before rut they got a routine they're following they're coming to the feeder you can almost you can almost put like within half an hour when they're going to show up and uh of course as soon as rut hits it's a totally different ball game new bucks come in the bucks you were seeing move out. Exactly. And, 
lot of lot of bucks here after the season was done with. You know, I can't tell exactly how nice they were because they broke off main beams. Oh, yeah, they're fighting all over the place. I mean, man. this is uh, as far as like just walking around, finding uh, rubs and scrapes. I mean, I, I've never had this much activity out there before. It was yeah. it's it's been, you know, we're a one buck county. You get to shoot a spike, and they just moved it to where we have uh, the last two years. You got to take a doe. But it's a four day season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's around Thanksgiving weekend. But our numbers are, are increasing big time. And I think that's just mainly people. Two things. I think people are, are hunting pigs more. And I think people are understanding that you can't just shoot every. It, it, the saying used to go around here, if it's brown, it's down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, little two-year-old six points. I mean, yeah. if, if they, a nubbin buck was yeah. considered a spike, you know, people were shooting them. And I think that's really, really changed. And as long as we don't go through another bad rut, as long as people keep feeding, you know, I, we, we got some really good uh, cropland around here, a lot of good farms. Uh, of course, we got the river cutting through this, this area too. So as long as, as long as everything keeps going the way it is, I think we're going to see a lot better deer. I would be curious to see how, uh, what kind of increase you see feeding protein and cotton seed over the next year or so. Because I just, I mean, this is the first year we've hunted at least, and I've got eight trail cameras up all over the place. You know, I know what deer is coming in. I yeah. know what time, and this is how I've always hunted. You know, I've learned it in Kentucky. You know, we're hunting woods and stuff, so you have to, you know, you have to get time on, on your deer and know what's out there. You know, I've seen, you know, Tashina killed the monster this year, and that was the biggest deer in the area. Um, and he was an older deer, but seeing the, the younger, the two-year-old deers with that eight-point, and, you know, he's right at that, Right at that shooter mark, that 13-inch spread, but you yeah. know he's going to be bigger because you see his daddy, you know, and then you see the buck, you know, same rack that, that my wife killed, you know, that younger deer. Um, hopefully that protein will, will, will bring him in. I know cottonseed works. Uh, and, you know, I've talked to two or three outfitters that use it all the time, and I've seen proof, you know, I help uh, guy guide, and I've seen proof of what they what cottonseed can do. My cousin's been feeding cottonseed now for two years, uh, and they've had – some of the better deer I've ever seen in this county. But you got to get hogs out of cotton seed too, though. Them things yeah. eat them up. See, I heard, and I don't know if it's true. I heard hogs have a tr- have trouble digesting cotton seed, and y- you'll know when they get into it because yeah. they'll just it basically like clean them out or something like that. But uh, I got to move. I, I'm go. I'm going to move my feeder. I'm down on the river bottom, but it's a it's a all seasons feeder. One of those standing fills. Okay. Move it up the hill because it's just a matter of time. We're gonna get a big flood. Yeah. I'm gonna get water. It's gonna ruin that feeder. You got you got problems down here with people walking off with them? Not yet. Now we're not too far from a real popular bridge. Yeah. Um, we've had problems before. People trespassing. Yeah. I keep it pretty full. They'd have to to drop the motor and empty it, yeah. and they'd have a pretty good walk. But I wouldn't put it past anybody. I had I had a a John boat stolen out of the river. Oh man! A couple years ago, man, right off our campsite. I mean, so. They get brave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get brave and they get they got away with it this time. But uh, so I got bear proof boxes, uh metal boxes that fit my game cams. Yeah. And you know, I, I drill them into the tree and then I put the wire around it and lock it in to a tree. So they gotta cut that whole tree now. And I got a military grade, you know, combo lock on the bottom of it. Yeah. You know, where they gotta cut it also. My feeders, you know, I gotta stand and fill also, so now I got a big old log chain, you know, hooked to the base of it. And what happened, you know, by I'm gonna have a station here. 2012, I was hunting um, Redbird Ranch um, out in Petrenko okay. uh, before he got all, you know, houses built everywhere. So I can't remember what construction company owned it. There's was 5,500 acres out there. And the, they let me hunt it and everything. And I had a feeder out there. I had a game cam out there. I had it all set up, dropped the money to put into it, you know, everything going good. Went out there the next weekend, everything's stolen, gone. Yeah, I believe. I, like, I learned my lesson, man. Start locking stuff up. I've had uh, I've heard stories of people going out to the deer stands mm-hmm. and finding a sign that somebody else was sitting in there. Yeah, I mean, left like bottles yeah. and trash and stuff like that. We had, you know, where I hunt, we have a, a campsite and it's kind of like a little memorial for my dad. You know, dad used to hang out there all the time. We got a really nice setup on on the river, some rocks and rapids. We go in there, kind of, you know, we could sit in the water and stuff like that, but. We keep it cleaned up. I, mean, I go out there and I mow it and uh, just keep the trees trimmed and all that. But we've had, uh, when I was a kid, my dad hung a tire swing down there for me and had a picnic table 
I mean, all our firewood was, was cut and split and stacked, and it had a firing and a barbecue pit, all this stuff. Come down there, we, we actually moved out of town. We were living in Ocampo. We'd come here on the weekends and, you know, spend the weekend down here in the RV. We'd come down here one time and uh, trash everywhere. I mean, bottles, cans. They burned all our firewood. They cut oh, my tire. They cut the tire swing down. They rolled it in the river. <laughs> I mean, just like you know, they had a field day. You know, my dad was always very. Uh, he was always leaning. You know, he'd see people. They'd go down there and they'd be fishing off the bank. Yeah. You know, they kind of wander from the bridge onto our property. If they were just, fit, my dad was always cool about, hey, yeah. you know, you're you're technically trespassing, but good luck. Keep, pick up your trash. Yeah. And uh, man, after that, never again. Mm. I mean, it was just. That's heartbreaking, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you uh, that's, you know, you see a lot of people that they get kind of upset about, well, I, I can't find a place to hunt. You know, nobody lets me go out there. No one's no one's giving me permission to hunt and a lot of because of stories like that. Yeah. So, Charlie, one thing, you know, coming around from Alaska, I was very worried about hunting Texas again, you know, because everybody owns property here in Texas. Yeah. And, you know, I did. I, I got lucky. I talked to a, a guy, you know, and actually they was working on my wife's truck at an automotive shop. And just got to talking. And if you're courteous, polite, respectful, and can ensure that you're not going to damage the place, mess it up, leaving a mess or whatever, you know, more likely they're going to let you hunt. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, some people be like, hey, you know, you know, give me, you got 100 acres, give me, you know, $10 an acre or whatever uh, to lease it. Um, but the guy I'm hunting on, 100 acres, man, and here's the deal. I keep it clean. I keep it nice. I feed. I, I put everything out there, and, and I watch the area. And I'm not paying the guy a dime, you yeah. know, 100 acres out there, because he knows what type of person I am. I'm an ethical hunter. Everything, it could be a 300-pound hog, and guess what? I'm going to gut it, I'm going to skin it, I'm going to take it to trophy buck. It's going to be the best daggum sausage you've eaten, because yeah. it's good. And he knows that's, that's the type of person I am. And I've raised my son that way also. You know, we're up in Alaska on a four-wheeler trail, and some guy's got a bag of trash and everything else, beer cans and everything else on the side of the road. Pick it up. And guess what we did? We stopped. We stopped full willing, you know, and went out there and picked that trash up because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And if people see that you are like that, they're going to be, you know, more lenient to let you go out there and hunt. You know, this guy, Richard, that owns that cattle farm behind me, he don't know me from nobody. He just knows I'm hunting right there on the fence line. And I got his number, and I talked to him. He's like, hey, man, you got a bunch of hogs out here. Would you mind me coming over and I'll take care of your hog problem? I know you got cows. I know they eat feed. This is the type of person I am. You know, my freezers are free, uh, freezers are full, so guess what? I'm going to take it and take it to uh, Trophy Buck and donate it. You know, I'm going to give it to Trinity Oaks or whatever. And he's like, oh, really? Okay, yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead and knock them out. So if you're just being polite and respectful, more likely, you know, landowner's going to be lenient and let you go out there and hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm firm believe. You know, I told a lot of guys, too, you know, especially like a lot of small farms around here, you're, you're going to have a hard time finding a place that's going to let you deer hunt. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a different story. Yeah, deer hunting is a completely <laughs> different story. You, a lot a lot of people are are, are kind of picky on on who hunts deer. You know, but uh hog hunting is a different game and if you can't even if you even if they don't let you hog hunt, you know, uh listen to a lot of Steve Renala with Meat Eater and uh you want to get your your foot in the door. Is it Renala or Renella? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. It is. The, yeah, I know you're talking about, man, the Meat Eater. But he uh <laughs> He uh, always talks about uh, going out and asking about small game, mm-hmm. you know, squirrels, rabbits, stuff like that, because that's something that people don't really yeah. even. You got to get your foot in the door yeah. somehow or another. And then, you know, or, or trade off, you know, with fence work or, mm-hmm. you know, something like, you know, owning property is a lot of work. Oh, yeah. You know, I guarantee it if you're willing to take in the time to do some brush clearing, clean out some fence line, stuff like that, people, oh, yeah. that's a fair trade, man. That's. You know, you may not get to hunt deer, but eventually that door is going to open up. Maybe do some bird hunting, maybe do some hog hunting. Maybe they got a pond. Maybe do some fishing. Get you out of the house. I mean, it, it's so. There's an old guy that I work with, man. I mean, so you got a, a piece of land in Uvalde, and he tra- started just out of talking. He started basic uh, training dirty dogs and uh, basic obedience. Okay, then after talking, they let him hunt hogs on their land for three years. He's hunted hogs and small game. And this year, uh, year number four, let him shoot axis. Oh wow! Next year, he gets to come out and shoot whitetail. That's, just, yeah, that's I mean, what they said. I mean, you, you got to. People don't know who you are. Like I said, man, if you're honest and ethical and, and just polite, respectful, you know, build that rapport with them people. 
more likely, you know, it might take you might take some investment, it might take some of your some of your time, but guess what? You know, that's going to open the doors for you know a couple months, a couple of years down the road. Yeah, you know, I'm working on getting a lease right now, and you know, of course, I've I've known the family, great friends of ours, but it's like you know, I told them if if I get the lease, you know, it's going to be me and probably two or three other hunters. I was like, I'm not against y'all coming out and hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they got a kid. Uh, their son is, well, he's my age. We grew up together. He's never killed a deer. And I'll take you out. You can use my gun, my ammo, sit in my blind. I'll clean the dang thing for you. I mean, I'm just looking for that second. And, you know, it's still the same county, so I'm not opening my tags. Yeah. But it's just that second option to kind of go and see a different landscape, you know. Uh, and main thing, I'm getting my butt whooped in this tournament. So I got to <laughs> I gotta get some more properties, man. I'm, I'm getting whooped. Oh, man. Because, wo- like, say I go out tonight and I kill or I trap 10 pigs like, yeah, that's a good start, but that's the last time I'm going to trap for the month. Cause they're not going to go back in that trap. I may get lucky and kill one or two more at the feeder, Yeah, but you gotta have, you gotta start hitting other properties. Man. Yeah. You know, when we first started the first three months, 12 pigs would have won it. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I think I won it on the hawk hunters with five, I think yeah. five or six. You could, you know, when we first started, you didn't have to have a whole lot of pigs. No. Now we're getting guys turning into like 27 a month, and that's not, in my opinion, anywhere close to where we're going to go. Yeah. As the year goes on, I feel like guys are going to really start start killing them. you got more people signing up too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's starting to grow. It's really it's, starting to grow. I talked to two guys last week, gave them your information and stuff, so they're going to get in on it. Granted, you know, they're hunting with dogs, so well, <laughs> they may, their numbers may get up there. Yeah, Travis. I mean, Travis been hunting with hogs, and, and he's competing every month. You know, he's – He's won something every month. You know, he won uh, first place in December. He won second place last month. So, right now, top prize in true hog hunters is uh, a Stoger P350 12 gauge, uh, kind of a short home defense shotgun. And then, second place, we're giving away a case of real 12 gauge high brass. And third place, we got uh, 10 pounds of Tannerite, which you you can <laughs> do, do with it. That's a lot of fun right there. <laughs> Any way you use it. Put it on bait pile, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some videos of guys doing that. It's pretty intense. You can get a lot of pigs that way. Oh, yeah. But uh, I don't know then, why I'll be left of them to take a picture. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about taking just an old old feeder we wouldn't miss, you know. And I mean, heck, if you're going to win, you know, a shotgun, I'd, I'd sacrifice a $100 feeder. Oh, yeah. You're coming out on top. But. No, it, it's it's growing. It's growing in popularity. We're getting a lot more hogs. January was a good month, man. We we oh, saw yeah. a lot more pigs. Uh, I wonder if that's because people were throwing you know throwing that corn for deer and stuff. I mean, I, a whole a whole lot more. Yeah, I on. think I, you know I'm I'm just predicting here, but I, I see us. I see January and I see February being a good month too. It's still mm-hmm. cool. Oh yeah. Once spring hits, you're gonna have spring activities. You yeah. know, everything's gonna start kicking off. People are gonna do a little bit more fishing, yeah. You know, than they are going to be uh, hunting, and then it's going to start warming up. And yeah, turkey see spring turkey coming in. Too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do a lot of that. I last year was the first year I hunted turkey, uh, and I loved it. I yeah. didn't get, I didn't get one, mm-hmm. but I loved it, and I'm hooked. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get my my wife, and my son, and we got a big old double beard coming in. I mean, that joker he hangs to the ground, so at least ten inches, man. Oh, double awesome. beard. And I, he's hit or miss. He comes in, and he doesn't come in with the pack, you know. And then he comes in. I was like, ugh. They, we'll see. Turkey got some of the best eyesight. Man, I moved. I blinked, I think, and they saw me. Yeah. And I'm 20 feet up in a stand. Yeah. And they took off. Yeah, they they are. That's a that's a different bird right there. I, uh, my dad used to call him by mouth, mm-hmm. and that, so we didn't like we were never big turkey hunters. Never got into it. Uh, Dad would go out with friends and call for them occasionally. But I remember how he would do it. So, man, I got two kids and busy at work and everything. Uh, it's one of those things I was like, I'm, I need something to kind of help me get out of the house a little bit. Yeah. So I uh, I started, I told my wife, I'm going to I'm gonna try a little turkey hunting. And just went out there and did the same thing he did. And I had one come in, and I could have got I, I I was hunting. I called him. He came across the river, and every time I would call, he'd answer. He'd be a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And, uh, if I would have had a decoy, I think I would have got him. Okay. But my dog ate my decoy. So, 
Not too happy with him on that one. I'm gonna buy a funky chicken this year. Oh, I'm gonna try it out. But we got. I mean, we're hunting river bottom. There's turkeys everywhere. Yeah. It's just uh, getting out there and having the right tools. And I'm hunting with an old uh, family heirloom bolt action 410. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go. I I could have got him had I taken like a 12 gauge or something. Yeah. But I'm yeah, I reach gotta, out there a little bit. Got to yeah. get him to come a little closer for me. But I'm gonna try to stick one with a bow this year. I, I really want to get into bow hunting, man. That's something that's been, you know, I've I've always hunted with the rifle. I've never picked up a bow. Mm. I had a friend of mine, good friend of mine, give me. He went from hunting with a compound, and uh, he he was like, okay, I'm I'm getting too good at this. I want to amp it up a little bit. Yep. So then he went to recurve, yep. and uh, he was like, I'm not going to touch the compound ever again. You can have it. It's an older it's an older model, but if I get it restrung, I mean, it'll be it'll work. You asked me, uh, you asked me one thing I learned about Alaska or the difference between Alaska and Texas. And one thing I brought with me is different tool for the job. Yeah. Up there, you know, I got the equipment, the rifles that can reach ridge top to ridge top. And you're shooting caribou at, you know, five, six, seven hundred yards, you know. On a back end of that, you're also bow hunting in wooded thicket areas, you know. Um, where you can get up close to them. Yeah. You know, I shot a grizzly bear at 50 yards and on, on the ground in the thicket, you know, where if I had a Ruger Precision rifle, you know, it, it's kind of a long, kind of, a, you know, yeah. kind of awkward to get around them trees, you know, get through them woods, be able to get a good clear shot where, you know, I can just pull back and, pfft, yeah, he don't even know where I'm at, you know. So uh, it's addicting. I'm going to tell you right now, man. I mean, it's addicting. That's, you know, I think anything – the outdoors you talk about hunting shooting fishing every it's all addicting and it's it, <laughs> it, it, fun but it's yeah addicting, man. yeah you, you you're like i said we we had a uh i've gotten some friends into fishing gotten some friends into hunting that they didn't do it until they started hanging out with us and and now they've got their own blind their own feeder their own gun you know now they're talking about you know getting into bow thing and and same thing with fishing. They go out and they spend money on their reels and their rods oh, and, yeah. and their tackle. And uh, yeah, you, it, once you're addicted, man, you're, you're gonna you're gonna blow some money. You start talking about getting a deer lease, you know that could that could add up I pretty quick up, to you. They can get up there, man. But I think uh, there's a lot worse things you could be spending your money on. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot worse yeah. addictions than than hunting and fishing and shooting and everything that goes on to that and the memories that go on with it, you know, you're, you're a father, you're, you're now your son's hunting, you know, you got, you're going to cherish that forever. Oh yeah. You know, my girls are still young, but I carry on the memory of hunting with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look forward to be able to take my kids out because it's, you know, I hunt with my wife too, you know, same thing with you. Yes. I mean, that's, that's a happy wife, happy life. Let her, you know, yeah. She's a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of another reason I want to get this lease. Cause it's just a matter of time before my wife's going to start, Shooting all the big bucks, and yeah. I'll be shooting all the. Sc- I don't mind. I mean, they all eat the same, but they all taste good. Man. But man, you, I sure do want to get me a. I've never killed a one fifty. Oh, that's okay. that's my goal, man. I, I want to get, especially you know. And I told my brother, you know, it's it's so it's me and my brother, both our wives are hunting our, our family property. You know, I think the biggest, I killed a big one three years ago, a big eight, but he wasn't, he wasn't like. A 150 at all. He was just the biggest buck we'd ever killed at that point. Yeah. The next year, my brother killed a, an even nicer eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next year, I shot a cold buck. He shot a cold buck. We took a season kind of off. Uh, this past year, he shot a, a nice eight. Nothing real special, but he was an older buck. Yeah. Management buck. I shot a, a really old seven point. Nothing real special, but we're getting, like I said, we get those tens coming in. Yeah. I got a couple really pretty eight pointers. It's like... If they can make it another two years, if the diet stays good, they mm-hmm. might they might be one fifties, and I'd like to see somebody, whether it be me, my brother, or our wives, yeah. take one. You know, somebody put the antlers on the wall because <laughs> we when we first started hunting that place, nothing. Huh. We didn't have. Um, we were lucky to see a scrapbook, and we we were lucky to see does when we go hunt. Oh, man. We didn't see anything besides pigs. Yeah. So we've been hunting that place for over fifteen years now, and it's just done. Them. Yeah. wonders you know yeah. managing it you know like i said that the numbers of the population of deers con- gone up and the quality of deers gone up mm. so uh, there are no uh some of my neighbors have killed 150s yeah you know so they're there yeah. the genetics are there but they just gotta get them to come <laughs> in 
I gotta get lucky one day, man. <laughs> but man, that's gonna do yeah. us on time. We're, yeah. we're we're pushing it. But uh, Patrick, man, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Uh, th- thanks for your service. Thank you. Thanks. That's been uh, I come from military family. Both my my grandfather served in the Navy. My, my father was an was an Army vet. Uh, what y'all do is very appreciated. Appreciate it. Especially here at True Ballistics, man. We 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 appreciate y'all very much. Uh, and best of luck hunting. We'll keep up and uh, well, we got to get together and you take me on the kayak hog uh, man. You're in some of that guy. Any time, to do man. That, man. that with a bow floating down on a kayak, man. They're summertime. Uh, it, it's insane. Yeah, you, you're gonna you'll you'll I'll see tell you what you t- you take me kayak bow fishing when I get this boat into February, man. We'll go fishing to uh, Canyon or something. Deal, <laughs> uh, deal all day long, man. Well, anyway, we're gonna hit the road. We're gonna get out of here. Thanks for tuning in, Patrick. You have a good one. We're out. Oh.